Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Wrong Theater, brought to you by the 610 Podcast Network on Spotify. We are back for another Monday show, and this is, you know, this is the first time in a long time a, a movie review of sorts. You know, we, we ventured out to the theater, did our thing, you know, Finally. got Chick-fil-A after. It was a whole replication of the normal process for us seeing movies, and it was, you know, it was weird. It was nice, and it was, it was good that it was a decent movie. Like it wasn't a, like a, like a, like a silly movie that was released. It yeah. was a, a legit Christopher Nolan movie. It was a good experience. It was good to be back in the theater, the right theater, um, and just you know. I want to give some props to ABC or AMC too, because I thought they did a really good job with you know being cleanly and everything. If there were a lot of people there, there weren't going to be like people right next to us because they yeah. blocked those seats off. So you know, I felt safe there. So people should start venturing back out to the theaters, go see Tenet. I, I view it in the same categories for students as going to class. I mean, it's the same setup. You wipe, they wipe it down. In this case, they wipe it down for you because that's really all they have to. That's the only job they really have. You know, there was there was people in front of us. They moved over obviously because there was no one anywhere near them but i you know i felt completely safe i felt completely normal i felt completely normal and i felt completely safe i mean the mask was a pain in the butt but it's what it is no i agree with you it really didn't the the movie experience itself didn't feel at all different to me i feel like like 20 minutes of the movie you almost forget that you even have a mask on because it just becomes normalized and then walking in you felt as billy said you felt safe um social distancing was key but i think the only weird part to me was recognizing that I'm watching a Christopher Nolan blockbuster film on a Friday, even though we went late afternoon, but still on a Friday. And there was us and one or two other groups, if that, in the theater with us. I thought it was weird right when we pulled up in the parking lot and I was, was pulled into the parking spot. It was just empty. I mean, we were, every other time we parked there, we haven't even close to the door yeah, because there's people also parking there, going to the mall and all that. And we parked right up front. I mean, that was weird to me. And then obviously it was pretty empty in there. That's also weird, especially for a movie like Tenet. Yeah. But yeah, the whole experience was good in general. I mean, it didn't take away from anything. The only difference like during the movie for me was that I didn't want to get popcorn or eat yeah. candy or anything just to keep the mask on the whole time. But no, that wasn't a big deal. But the movie itself, which is what we're talking about for the most part today, it's Christopher Nolan. We went in, granted, I try, we talked about it before in the show, you try, not let to, like, you try to not let what you hear or read about alter what you really feel about the movie. It's like you don't want that cognitive bias to mess with you. But watching the trailers, reading about it, I'm like, I just knew going in I was going to be confused. And... I was worried watching, I'm like, okay, this movie just looks as if Nolan is just going all out. And I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan. And I guess maybe just in summary, I, I gave it, a set, my final grade was I gave it a 78 out of 100. It was enjoyable at times. The action scenes were great. The cinematography was off the charts. The plot itself, I think there was, I would, I would love to rewatch it knowing that, all right, there's going to be some plot holes there that are just unexplained that you just kind of have to go with. And it did get the editing of the plot itself, I thought was a little bit all over the place, but I overall liked the idea of the film. I thought the performances were solid, but compared to Nolan's other nine films, I think it was definitely a bottom tier one. But as I explained perfectly, when you're trying to categorize it, 
it was worth the price of admission for me, despite probably under underwhelming me a bit. But I overall, I, I think perfectly described it after the film was, I'll say it again, it wasn't the good type of confusing for me. Some, some Nolan films, Inception, it's like a mind-blowing confusing. And once you piece it together, it's like, whoa. But with Tenet, it just, it never, the, the puzzle pieces never fully clicked for me in terms of the, the plot itself. But other things did lift the movie up to make it an, an enjoyable experience. So to tag along off of Aiden, so what I was waiting for, and I, so I gave it like, I said like an 80 and a half, an 81 out of 100. Mainly because of how visually pleased I was throughout the entire movie basically making up for almost 90% of my scoring. Um, and I thought the actual score behind certain scenes, so they, there was rarely scenes where there was music, but the scenes that had music, I thought it was perfect. And it was Ludwig Gorenson who did the Mandalorian uh, series. And I really enjoyed that music as well. But what, what I was waiting for, and sometimes Christopher Nolan does it, sometimes he doesn't. I would say about 75% of the times he does it. I was waiting for the big reveal the obvious glaring big reveal, like the inception big reveal is that you have to kind of think about it on your own. And everyone knows that that's the reveal. Everyone knows that here tenant. It was like, you know, they either purposely left something out for people to think about and didn't even give them like a multiple choice as to what the result could have been. I mean, I know we're going to talk about the plot and you know, it's going to, this is going to be a spoiler potential spoiler episode, but like, you know, we were, I was waiting for someone to just tell me the damn answer. Like I, like Tenet was good. I, I, like I have to preface that it was good. Christopher Nolan's 10 movies are all for me, 80 and above movies, except for Dunkirk, which is fine. It, you know, it's a good movie by movie standards. It just was a poor Christopher Nolan movie in my mind, but I, like I, I'm still waiting for, it. and I, I even thought I had a grasp and I still kind of do, but like, I didn't write the movie. I could be hundred percent wrong. I think I have a grasp, but I was waiting for that one answer, I guess, to the, to the quick, to test. Like I was waiting for the one thing that would tell me, Oh, but you didn't get it. And like, I have my preconceived idea, but again, I'm not Christopher Nolan. I did not write the movie. I could be a thousand percent wrong. I think before Billy breaks it down, Nolan movies that are like, when I talk about like the mind blowing confusing are the ones that are confusing plot elements, but like, like layer just really making you think and they have that as i think you said like the twist like just a classic like blows your mind like whoa but they tell you and that movie never this movie didn't really have that that twist as you said it just kind of was a confusing layers of plot and then just kind of a finality versus like it there was no like peak almost there was no reward at the end of it it just kind of was what it was but I also want to say, well, the nice thing about being on Spotify now is because we're not on live radio, we, we can do spoiler reviews because yeah, yeah. our uh, title. But here's the thing, and I was going to, and I, I feel like I'm hurting Billy real quick, but like, I'll be real okay. quick. Um, with the spoiler, I don't know what the hell we're going to spoil other than the last 30 minutes of the movie. Like, we could be 100% wrong. Like, I don't think there's anything for us to spoil other than, you know, oh, like, oh, we talk about this one scene, but like, this is a movie where if you know if if we spoil it and get it correct, we might be some of the smartest men on the planet because I don't think anybody truthfully knows. I mean, you know, you have these articles that list you know the explanations, but have I found a single pair of articles that are exactly alike? Absolutely not. Everyone has their own take, and that for me is problematic with a movie. 
if everyone starts to have their own take, it's like, oh, well, what, what did I watch? Like, did I watch a different, like, are we watching different things? You know, are we looking for different things? And that, that's where on the Nolan scale, it's teetering towards the bottom. Yeah, I like that. Um, what you just said, Steve, that if everyone has different takes, that's not really ideal. And I do want to point out, I mean, we, it seems like we might be more in a negative connotation type of conversation here just because Tenet was really built up. And we had high hopes for Tenet. And Nolan was hyping up the cow was going to be a fantastic, fantastic movie. And I think in all three of our minds, it really, it was not fantastic, but it was good. It was a good it was, movie. It was visually unbelievable. It was, the cinematography yeah. was great. The action sequences were fantastic. There were elements of this movie that were very, very good. It was an entertaining movie. I was never bored during it. But the plot, it was, you know, it was confusing. There's no other way to put it. I mean, there's some points during the movie where I felt like they kind of just jumped from one spot to the other. And that wasn't really confusing, but it was kind of like, all right, it didn't flow as well as it could have. Like there wasn't really, like, I don't know if backstory is the right word for this, but there wasn't maybe a buildup to it. It was kind of like, all right, you're here then you're there and you're back over here. I wouldn't um, even say backstory. I would say there was no, there was no definitive context. It was like, oh, you have to know this. Like, we're going to move on to this scene, but you have to know what happened beforehand. Yeah. And, and they just didn't, like, that just never occurred. It's like, you know, like in the, the, the one, the beginning scene, um, they build up the opera scene, like two hours later in the movie. Like, right. That wasn't, it wasn't that necessary. Yeah, the only thing, the only thing that I think that's there for is because one of the soldiers is uh, Robert Pattinson's character. Yeah. Right. Which so then you tie that back in is that he came back or he yeah. came forward, whatever way. But he like knew multiple, he had to multiple be there. times, though. He came back and forth multiple times. Right. So I think that's why you have the big opera scene. But yeah. other than that, you don't really need it. Yeah. And you're like, it's just, also, yeah. when I was listening to the Barcel podcast earlier, they mentioned that it was building up the whole idea of World War Three. Well, then they were like, the world was just going to end. Like it wasn't, there wasn't going to be a war. Like that was a battle, but it was a battle to stop the end of the world. There wasn't going to be a full on world war three. I think I compared it a lot to inception, like in my head, because it was the same idea, like broad idea for me, which was this really messing with time element, messing with reality. And, but I think with inception, I think described perfectly is for, the content that Tenet was dealing with, obviously you don't want to lay out on a silver platter to the audience, but Inception did a very good job of a very complicated idea and at least summarizing it within the film so the audience had a grasp of what was happening. Well, in Tenet, what they were dealing with which was time inversion. It just was summarized so quickly and I, it took me a while to catch up within the film to what exactly was happening, what the machines were for, when John David Washington's character, the protagonist was supposed to be going forward, when he was going backwards, it just felt as though the difference between the two is Inception, I feel like, despite Inception being confusing. It was more confusing of trying to figure out the, that hectic, chaotic ending and trying to figure out in Inception, well, was caught in reality or is he still in the dreamscape wall? You're looking at Tenet, I feel as though it was just like, I was at some point just lost of, just like the science behind it and, and what the point of everything was. 
and I think we've said it multiple times, it's so true. There's just some stuff that is left unexplained that I felt as though after the film and reading these summaries is, I think you're just kind of expected to assume that or believe that. And if you didn't, you were kind of lost. So what we've hinted at is the major problem of like, we had to, like, I now fully understand the time travel method they used because I read about it. Like I didn't get, I didn't get the explanation of like, you know, they, they're like, Oh, we're doing that. It's like tertiary time travel or whatever, or whatever the word is. I, I totally forget. It starts with a T, but like, that's the time travel they use. And then, then Robert Pattinson, John Dan Washington's like, Oh, that's the time travel we use. And I'm like, well, how the hell does that work? Like, you know, I'm, I'm not standing next to you guys. We, we're not a part of the same thing. And then, so it was understood that those two knew how the time travel worked. And then Quicksilver shows up, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and he knows how it works. And then it's like, he's the good guy with the good guys from the future and the past. And like that part was, you know, you know, he's the general in the war sort of thing. Like that, that hour and a half to the end of the movie is really where, not that they lost me, just that I think they had missed opportunities to develop and I don't want to say this in a bad way because, again, it's a good movie. I sound like I'm ripping the movie, but I'm saying in that hour and a half to two and a half hour mark, so that last hour, they could have developed, and I, you know, I can only say like, like an actual plot, like an actual yeah. feasible, followable plot. You know, because the first hour and a half, we're jumping all around, and you know, it's kind of exciting, you know, time and all that stuff. And then Michael Caine shows up, and then he goes away, and you know, then they go to India and they run down a building, and it's like, whoa, that's sick. You know, they're doing all their spy stuff and then the time shit starts to kick in and it's like okay what, what what's really going on here it just it wasn't even i mentioned the time was confusing my last one was also i remember in the car on the ride back i kept saying i was just confused and i guess really thinking about it one of my biggest problems is i don't know where these people are coming from characters as you said would be randomly dropped in and you're supposed to say, oh they're just from the future and they know everything i'm like where are they coming from the one thing i know now is that pattinson and, and aaron taylor johnson uh characters were sent by john david washington in the future because he knew at the point in time that his that john david washington's characters past self was needed their help so they were sent at the right time because they were needed at that time but so they're from the future which is why they have to go back like they can't stay with in the present like when they when they fix it like when they solve it they can't stay because they're they're not from that time I get that. That's kind of like the um, well. That, but again, I, I didn't know that. A little bit, right? Like I didn't, it it yeah. wasn't explained. Yeah, I, yeah. One thing that I don't think is explained, and I think he might have messed up on. So there's two of the same, like the the woman. Yeah, Elizabeth. The yeah. Both. So the one that dove off the boat I shouldn't th- be the. She's the one with the scar. Right, but I think that. she replaced the other one. Like, I right. Think the other one so is, I think, but I think the other one's gone. I think exactly. That, so do they uh, kill off the other one? I was going to happen. I was going to bring that happens, up. Happens, happens, sort of thing. No, like I was going to bring that up too. Into that kind of something that's not brought up throughout the whole film is it's alluded to the fact, or it's just a plot hole. There's like multiple versions of these characters that exist because they keep on saying, "Oh, you can't interact with your like past self," essentially, but multiple like. John David Washington, he was like existing at multiple points. Like Pattinson was too. There was like, there was multiple versions of the character still alive. Like bringing back to what Billy brought up with the opera. That was a version of Pattinson. And then the Pattinson who we saw interact with the protagonist 
like alongside him, that was a different version than the one we saw at the opera. So there's there's still a version of Robert Pattinson's character floating around. So that's where it really lost me of, okay, there's so many different versions of the characters right now. And again, now I'm going back to my, my post-watch understanding because of the reading. So what happened was the protagonist is always John David Washington in these scenarios because – the, the conversation he has with the Indian uh, uh, gun runner towards the end, not the one where he shoots her in the back of the head, the one where he is talking to her and she's talking about the scientist who understands the technology and how to operate through time is John David Washington in the future. And he's now learning in his past self what he is fully capable of in the future, which again, goes back to the main point of please say that like please bring that up that john david washington is the scientist that developed the technology and understood how or not the not that developed the technology is the one that understood how to coexist with past selves like he understood the what happens happens rule like that's how that's how robert pattinson knows it because he taught him and see like, that's has, my issue with this movie is even like this should be a movie where we're reviewing it discussing and giving our theories on it. Instead, Steve is over here explain, still trying to explain plot points to me. And that's, I think, the core of my issue with the film. It's an issue. I, I agree I, with that. It was too ambitious. He yeah. tried to do too much in the same movie, which made it way too complicated. Like, there's things like the score, the cinematography. We can just talk about it. We can't really go longer than a couple minutes discussing it because you just have to see it. You just have to trust us that that is the actual... Like that, that building scene they keep showing in the trailer is absolutely worth the $10. Yeah, like there, there are some points... That scene is incredible. And it, there, the adrenaline that you felt throughout the movie, I think, was impressive. But that's stuff that you, we, you just have to trust us. We're going to tell you that's what we think. But we can't really give you our theories or the plot breakdown because I still don't know. I actually have a gripe, an actual character gripe with the movie. I could not stand Kenneth Branagh's Russian accent. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was forced and I thought it was weird. There was no problem with him being English. Like, why did he have to be Russian? Like, that was, it was Kenneth Branagh. Why not pick a Russian, too? Like, Kenneth Branagh, great actor, Shakespeare, all that fun stuff. But I just thought it was silly. That's the one thing. We can, we discussed the plot or what we, we know the plot. We talked about the cinematography and the score, how good it is. But let's break down the acting performances and let's start with Kenneth. That's the, that's the only one I didn't like, though. That's the only one I thought was poor. It was weird. It was forced. I wasn't expecting that. When I'm seeing his name on the cast, for some reason, I went in and just... I thought he was going to be in charge of it. Yeah, I just thought he was going to roll. I was surprised by that. He definitely had some overacting, I think, in it. I I thought the scene in the bedroom with his wife where, like, the... I can't have you, no one can. I thought that was terrible. I'm going to be honest, that acting. Like, that was weird. Was overacting to me. It was some of the yelling at his wife, some of the yelling at her. It, just, it was a bit too much for me. He seemed like a guy who was trying to be a tough guy. Like, I wasn't going to believe that he was He's the five, baddest, eight. baddest guy in the world. His wife was six. The guy who was going to bring the destruction of Earth. He's not scary. Yeah, I didn't yeah. buy him. But it wasn't, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. It wasn't no. one of those things where it was like, I oh, my God. That he wasn't British. But David Washington, John David Washington, we, we talked about it. I'm buying all stock in him for the future. And even Pattinson, too. I thought both of them were um, very solid um, in their That's the first real movie I've seen of Pattinson. Like, oh. I've never – I've only seen the, the, the I mean, one, Twilight. And I Harry thought Potter. he did 
fine, but I also think that that character would have been pretty much the same with like a lot of different actors playing. Because of the lack of depth. So that's on them. Yeah, so that's on them. I think I've never seen Pattinson like like do anything other than look like a vampire boy or in Harry Potter for 15 minutes. Like, so I just didn't know what his acting chops were. I know the lighthouse is great. I know he's in good time. Like I know these, he's in these great movies and this is my, this is my Bruce Wayne. Like I'm, I'm back in this brother. Like I've never seen him. And like, you know, I saw that like he can, you know, be in serious situations. Like I didn't, I didn't know he, he was capable of that. Action, so I actually saw it. Action sequences were solid as well. Yeah. But I, you know, I agree with Billy. His, this character depth is, surface level i mean you know it's the kiddie pool like we didn't get anything from this guy he was a, he was a supporting friends slash just like, i thought him and john david washington was gonna be batman around like i thought it was yeah. gonna be the main two going but like the mystery surrounding both of them allowed for neither to really be superstar actor i think that was a positive though for me is i kind of came away not expecting some of the actors actresses to have the roles that they did i was surprised that the heart and the core of the movie was actually the relationship between the protagonist by john david washington and uh, elizabeth uh, becky's character i thought she was very solid in the role i thought overall while there was definitely some flaws related to either i think perfectly the lack of depth with Paddington's character and brano's bit overacting but overall i was i thought they filled their roles well and i I was overall impressed with the cast and I thought they, they did it. It was a, it was, again, it was a good movie, but um, I don't think there was any performance there that elevated the movie, but I, no. I, I did buy John David Washington. He did yeah. not disappoint. I think John David Washington is a fantastic actor, but I've also read that some people thought that his performance was a little flat, not with his fault. Again, just like you were saying with uh, um, Pattinson's character, but they just thought there wasn't enough depth. To the protagonist's character they wanted more emotion yeah. a little bit backstory there what but. what really blows my mind because of black Klansman and then now this tenant and i've never seen anything other anything else with john david washington is how much when he's being sarcastic how much he sounds like denzel like how like like when he changes his tone from low to high and like you know starts basically talking down to people it's and like the kitchen fight scene it, it, you could have put Denzel in there from the nineties and, and it would have been exactly the same because they, their mannerisms and the way they changed their voice. It, I, that just kept blowing me away every time I kept seeing it. John David Washington's a hell of an actor. I mean, this guy, if I'm, if I'm making a project, uh, I'm looking at him uh, for anything. I think he can do any of the roles. Um, but I think if people didn't like it, it's because they didn't like the movie. Like they didn't like the, the characters because it's hard. It's hard to like a character from this movie. Like, you come away from the movie. Oh, I love that character. He's great. Like, it, we don't really have much. Like we don't. Like, it's hard to truthfully love a character from this movie. It's easy to hate them because of the lack of depth. But you know, again, I'm buying John David Washington stock, but this unfortunately doesn't fully show what he's capable of. Because you know, I, I think we're missing some things here and there. But again, the guy, the guy's got it. He's got the it factor. I think he's nearing A-list territory. I don't think he's there yet, but I think he's soon going to be in the consideration for the most sought-out actor on that short list. Over under two years for him to get cast in either Marvel or DC. Well, so let's let, let me let me preface this by saying I don't know how to say this any other way, but and I'm going to lean towards Marvel with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. That's a perfect guy to take up the mantle of an African-American 
superhero or or just sorry just an african-american actor to take up the mantle of a very important role like john david washington can handle the role handle the like his screen testings and like his behind the scenes stuff like his his interviews like he's a very personable guy like he's very talkative he's very funny he's very quick like he's a good guy so it, it, in marvel i i would say i, I and the problem is two years i'd say is a problem for both dc and marvel i think they're set for the next two years i would just say if he's picked up by one it's no, marvel yeah, I said to get cast not to star in one i said two years to get cast as uh yeah i guess over i'll say I'll, i think it'll take a while i think there's stuff yeah, i mean i don't know if he even wants to first of all um but i think that'd be a great choice for marvel but remember we have blade coming back in too so but that's in the, Ali, in the so. short term the main central black actor could the burden could be on Mahershal Ali yeah. just in, just in the short term well i but, mean marvel can easily just be like oh reed richards is african american like i'm i'm not saying they're going to go that route like they did like like that ford did but like or they could say you know uh, i don't know wolverine like they, they could change they could change completely they could have everything about there's a lot of routes they can take with their yeah. future, but i think he is that a list actor who can carry a franchise they're gonna look to him because I mean, and it he showed off the like he can be the big action star. I think he he did show that. Yeah, and he brought as much depth as I thought it was possible to the role where the acting performances were not as stressed or the focus of the film as much as like the plot of the film itself was supposed to be the focus. But I think we saw with Black Klansman specifically that like no, he can he can he clearly has the acting chops. And this kind of, the two of them together, if you can bring them together, I think you have a true superstar in your hands. But I think that's a good transition into our, our review of the other news and notes from the last week. DC indefinitely delayed Wonder Woman 80, 1984. Some talks about it coming back in Christmas. Um, but the overall idea is, is they're going to try and leave Tenet in theaters for like two to three months just on its own so it can hopefully make back its budget and hit that. Well, I, saw today, I saw today it... It, it, so it's it broke even at the weekend. Like, so it broke even with its production budget, yeah. but then you have all yeah. that advertising. Yeah. I think I read a report and needs to make like eight hundred million internationally to break even, like on everything. And I think it's possible because it's a smart strategy, in my opinion, by Warner Brothers and to to say let's push back Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, give maybe even more time for hopefully Corona um, vaccines or other measures to come in place that could ease it while also giving Tenet the ability to literally be the only blockbuster really in theaters for like two months. Cause I think it wouldn't be that in, like that big weekend, but it could very well gradually work out for them. But the problem I have though, is I really think they're suppressing the hell out of Wonder Woman 84. Like you are just absolutely murdering the hype after, you know, a month is a huge difference between three months. Like, like it was supposed to come out like a, like six weeks from the fandom. And that fandom had a, had a huge run. Like, it had a huge three-day Twitter explosion. And when I saw the trailer for Wonder Woman 84 on the big screen, it didn't look as good as it did on my phone. Like, I didn't – I like, that CGI looks bad, if I'm going to be honest. Like, it looks choppy. This, and, and Gal Gadot, I mean, I, the, first one, the first Wonder Woman was good, but Gal Gadot's acting looks so much worse in Wonder It looks forced. It looks like, you know, like we're going off of a comic book script. And it doesn't look natural like the first one did. Like the first one didn't follow any comic book lines. It just looks like it's following the, ori the original origins of Cheetah. 
and Maxwell Lord creates Cheetah in the comics because of her desire to just be better than Diana Prince, essentially. Like it's that's it's, it's spewed off of that. I, I'm be honest, they're they're, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot with Wonder Woman eighty four if they keep pushing it back. So I sooner, I agree with that. Get, the sooner they get to it, I mean, I don't even. You're also a fool if because I know Disney's going to pull something out of their ass Christmas time. They always dominate that area. So you're a fool for thinking that Marvel's going to sit on their hands and Disney's going to sit on their hands around the holidays because that's just silly to think. And that, so you're going to have Dune and Wonder Woman 84, both movies that you need to kill it at the same time. Like I, I Warner Brothers is easily going to shoot themselves. Yeah, well, if Wonder Woman scenario. gets pushed back, Dune would get pushed into 2021. Well, I, I actually, agree. looking at the release dates right now, and there's less in December, obviously, than there normally is. But right now on Christmas, Wonder Woman 1984 and News of the World are the only two wide releases on Christmas Day. But the weekend before that, you got Dune and West Side Story. So it's, it's still not like really a packed December. So they do have a chance there. I don't think but, it's even the, the, the date, though, I think is what sees a degree. It's just the idea of if you continually push something off, eventually that hype is just going to be gone. You kind of see with Black Widow. It's just like, okay, like. It, Black Widow. Well, Widow. Watch for Black Widow. It just dulls the hype. Black Widow, Watch they could be Black like, Widow to get pushed yeah. back to Christmas. But then, but then MCU is like, they're gonna pump zillions into advertising and toys and Christmas ideas, and it's gonna be like, we're back, like, like, and and it's gonna be a blockbuster because, like, the MCU has a proven track record, and Di- sorry, Disney has a proven track record around the holiday time of just kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. So if. Warner Brothers can if they get like, oh, we're gonna move let's move Wonder Woman to Christmas let's move Dune to February well Marvel's gonna be like and Disney's gonna be like oh, well we're gonna go with we're gonna get you at the we're gonna get you late October early November with the Mandalorian so we're gonna stab you there and then we're gonna get you with Black Widow and then we're gonna sneak this Eternals trailer in right after Black Widow and then boom early 2021 Eternals and then everyone's gonna be like oh where's where's Wonder Woman where's the Suicide Squad like where, where's the isn't Batman? there a rumor that WandaVision still coming out around yeah. in the winter too? Yeah, there you go. That, there like you go. the MCU is purposefully hiding in the shadows right now and because it, they're gonna they're they're so they're them. What they're doing right now is equivalent to Iron Man standing in the open with his receptors up, waiting for Thor's lightning to hit, and Thor's lightning is gonna hit, and they're gonna explode. Like it's not even gonna be like. Oh, here's a black widow. It's gonna be here's all the stuff you've been waiting for. We're back. Get back on our train. Warner Brothers continually take a seat. And I'm more excited for 1984 than I am for Black Widow. Just, I'm equally. I excited. think it's gonna be better. But what am I gonna see first of those same time theaters? I'm gonna see Black Widow because it's a Marvel. Yeah, it's a Marvel movie. That's and that's a. I think that's a. That's just how it works. I mean, MCU's got 22. They had a 22 film. Like, master. Piece, like an entire arc, uh, and it was, juggernaut. Uh, this thing, yeah. Are- and, and DC is a is a roller coaster with like rails that are sometimes good and they're sometimes broken. Like you could fall off. It's like just, it's it's confusing I, to me the strategy. I don't understand it. I'm not in that business for a reason. It is um, very interesting though as a marketing student because like you, yeah, I'm watching this you, it, with both films specifically, Wonder Woman, Black Widow. I disagree with the – sorry, I need to get this in. I, I Sorry to cut you off. I disagree with the initial decision by Warner Brothers to even consider having Wonder Woman and Dune in the same four-month span. I feel like these are two huge movies that you really need to absolutely 
bring up your, I don't care pandemic or not pandemic. These movies are supposed to be two months apart originally. I just hate that. That's so stupid. You're trying to relaunch a franchise. I mean, that Dune cast is not cheap. That is a huge cast by 2020 standards. Like, that is a huge A-list cast. You know, Wonder Woman 84, part of your, you know, part of your successful DC franchise, putting them in the same realm for me is idiotic to begin with. Plus, you just released Tenet. Like, what, like, I don't, I don't see, I don't see division here. I don't, like, you're trying to relaunch your DC universe by just putting out good movies. You're trying to relaunch a dead franchise with Dune. I mean, it's dead because it has no buzz. I mean, I'm, I'm not even overreaching there. It's dead because it has no buzz. And I'm just, I'm really lacking to find the vision. It doesn't make any sense to me. And if they're going to keep pushing shit back, it's like, what, like, what, what are we doing here? Like, I don't get it. It's just really interesting. Like, if you could gauge it, the graph to show the buzz over, again, Black Widow, Wonder Woman, it, it really just has nosedive, it feels like. Because yeah, time, time has gone on. The trailers, nothing new content is turning out. You're not hearing any new news about it. It's just simply a waiting game. And at some point hits where it's that waiting game just isn't fun anymore and you kind of lose interest. I don't care anymore. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm no longer waiting in just anticipation for this. It's just, if it comes, it comes. And that's where I'm at with both of those films. I've gained zero information from 12 months ago when these movies were announced and a trailer date was announced to right now. It's been a year of just waiting and it's like, you know, we were thinking May, May, like early May, Black Widow. Then it was early November, and now it's, you know, who's to say? And it's like, all right, like, what, like, I, I don't understand. I mean, Marvel, I really think, I mean, if I'm going with it, who to trust? It's Disney over Warner Brothers. And I really stand by the fact that Marvel is going to explode at any point in time. Like, they have certain content ready to go. Um, they're just waiting for the right time to release it. I don't even know, like, for me, Wonder Woman 84 doesn't even look done. Like, it, it doesn't that look, CGI looked yeah, awful. For Catwoman. It, yeah, it doesn't... Cheetah, I'm sorry. Cheetah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, look, it doesn't look done. So maybe, you know, perfect it and release it in the spring. I just think I, when Warner Brothers lacks a vision, I think it's more likely that it's going to happen than when the MCU is... It's not even like the MCU lacks a vision. They're just kind of keeping everything close to the chest. Like, they're not telling you what's going on. And I think that's purposeful. And when the MCU explodes, media explodes. When Warner Brothers explodes, it's like, oh, they finally got it right. I do like the theory, though, that Aiden said about they want Tenet to just try and make its money back because they want to justify it coming out when it did. And also they want to say that Christopher Nolan's movie made such such money. They don't want to say a Christopher Nolan movie made less than $400 million. Yeah, I just met, but then you, you also have Dune that's like supposed to make a bunch of money and start this new franchise. And then you throw that after Tenet, everyone's like, ah, well, Tenet wasn't that good. So I'm not going to trust you guys. If happened the way it was supposed to, I could have really seen Dune getting lost in that like shuffle of those huge December movies that came out. Dune would have got lost in the turnover from Tenet to Wonder Woman 84 if everything was supposed to happen. Some people are super high on Dune. It just, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to see it. That trailer stunk. I don't, I don't get the hype. I trailer's, get the cast. Yeah, a trailer's supposed to get you hype and that trailer stunk. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. I just had no, prior to being announced, yeah. I just had no idea that it existed nor yeah. that there was such an avid fan base for it. Nor did, I, nor did I care. Yeah. Like after the trailer. That's the thing. If it, if the trailer was like sick, I'm like, oh, I'm sick. Maybe I'll get behind it. But I just trailer stuff. Oh, back when we did the like top 10 anticipated movies, 
of 2020. Where did both of you have Tenet on that? Like, I know it's a long time ago. Oh, I had a top five. I had a top five for sure. I did. No one's a top three director of all time. Like, personal favorite director of mine. And I just was all in. But really what we're talking about, I mentioned it. Tenet's not on my list, by the way. When we, literally what we're talking about, I remember when we left Tenet, and I was just kind of like, in a way, it helped me because the buzz died off for me, despite it being that high. Like, it was that high on my list, but the buzz died off for Tenet, and I was just kind of like, I was just happy to see it at that point. I, I, my expectations were just, I, I'm just excited to see a movie. So I've only, got, I've only gotten three of these, three of mine. I've only seen three of my most anticipated. Tenet wasn't on the list. I'm fine with that. I did not have Tenet on my list either. And one of my friends from home was saying how preposterous that was. Oh, well. And then, like, I saw the second trailer. I was like, all right, I'll watch it. But I still wasn't super excited. I, I just thought it was going to be too ambitious and confusing. Falcon and Winter Soldiers but, in my top three. And it's, not even, number one. it's not even going to be released in 2021. How much or 2020, I mean. Corona has robbed from yeah. us looking at those, those old lists. Mandalorian the majority of my two, list though, is not coming two. out. Yeah. But, um, other news and notes from let's keep it within the superhero movie realm. Just announced a couple hours ago, um, Jonathan Majors, who has starred in both he's in the, he's in the Five Bloods, right? Lovecraft County, which is a show on HBO Max, and he really got critical acclaim from The Last Black Man in San Francisco, uh, has signed out to play King the Conqueror in Ant Man 3. And for those who don't know, King the Conqueror, a pivotal piece in Marvel Comics uh, history and lore. So I was kind of surprised by it. I wasn't expecting it to come. As Steve texted, and he can even explain more as the av- the true avid comic book fan, here, even more so than me by far, King's connection confirms Fantastic Four? Kang was originally introduced in 1967's Fantastic Four, the, the TV series. He was, he was in the comics. So at that time, he was more of an, uh, like, uh, and Saban knew like apocalypse figure. He came from the past. Mm-hmm. So it was a really basic time traveling guy who came from the past because what happened to humanity, very similar to apocalypse, almost the exact same character. Basically what happened to humanity wasn't what was like it when he was around. And he was like, this sucks, but he got easily defeated because he was a really a level character. But in future timelines, uh, Kang the Conqueror was thrown. I mean, I'm talking millennia ahead of like the the current avengers setup like we i'll i'll just try to make it as basic as possible like let's say we're talking this this uh phase four starts what 2025 we're talking kang is in 7000 like kang is so far ahead of them but what he has to do is come back and kill off the people who offset so i mean this guy is a genius a super villain genius like the mind of a computer but what his problem is and it's i'll keep it simple because it's you know sometimes undefined he has to kill off all of the people that exist in our timeline that ruin his mainly one of two of them are always reed richards and tony stark so reed Richards and tony stark always end up developing developing something creating something that ruins his timeline kang has to come back and correct it now the problem is you just went through time with Thanos. So this early on, I don't know if they're going to go right back to time with Kang, like Kang coming back. It might be them going forward and meeting Kang, accidentally entering the quantum realm with the Fantastic Four and Ant-Man. 
Um, I, I really don't know where the vision is other than the fact that this all but confirms the idea of the Fantastic Four because of the fact that Kang always, always, always is in a gripe with Tony Stark and Reed Richards. Um, obviously, Tony no longer with us. Uh, so Reed Richards is the obvious, uh, the obvious scientist who meddles with Kang's timeline. But the thing with Kang is, and, and the casting, and I watched a few videos of this guy, um, Kang is going to be a fully CGI character. There's no doubt in my mind it would be a really awkward interpretation if it's just a, you know, a human man in a helmet because that's not how Kang is portrayed in the comics. But this guy's voice, this is a Kang voice. I mean, the voice of Kang in the comics is described as just a harrowing, you know, demonic, deep, intellectual voice. I mean, this is, this will be the smartest character we'll see on screen. Um, I'm assuming when it comes down to the writing, that's where the genius will come into. Like, I don't, you know, they didn't pick, you know, a super genius scientist to play this guy. Um, this should all but confirm the Fantastic Four. And it's going to, I guess it confirms the fact that Marvel just loves time. I mean, they just love delving through time. Do, do, do I see any way this introduced the X-Men? Absolutely not. Kang and the X-Men rarely, unless Charles Xavier is was thrown into, you know, Secret Wars Illuminati. He never was. He never has been. Um well, he has, but I'm saying he never, he hasn't been in the recent future. Um, this just, this just opens a few doors, but it also raises a lot of question marks as to Marvel's direction with villain. The thing with Kang is he's a super villain. Like he's a focal villain dealing with time. They just tried, they just killed Thanos with time. So like, it's tough that they go that way. I just think Kang opens doors. I don't like I, the tweet said he's the main villain of Ant-Man three. Ant-Man and Kang ha ha rarely have ever, you know, Hank Pym has come in more trouble with, with uh, Kang than Ant-Man ever has. I think that's, uh, for me, what was most interesting. Because one, I'm, you're never expecting like a, a character casting of this magnitude. But I think your point is, in the comics at least, Kang is a Thanos-level villain. Like Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. You've got him, Doctor Doom, yeah, he's and, a, and Thanos. He's a 22-movie type villain, like a build-up. Yeah. And introducing him in Ant-Man 3, which is the first two Ant-Man's great movies, are very like the small-scale Marvel movies. And they're fun, and they're funny, yeah, fun. and they, yeah. And this is an interesting, like, I'm going to have an issue if, if Ant-Man, like, defeats Kane. That doesn't make sense to me. That part where I'm interested, I'm hoping it's going to be an introduction, or maybe Ant-Man is going to explore the bigger elements of, of time and travel mm -hmm. that it can and has so that's where i'm hoping it's introduced rather than just the villain of ant-man because his stature does not correlate to what the first two ant-man films have resembled i um, think ant-man will have help there will be another yeah, main yeah, character so. with him because that's it's going to come after dr strange so you're gonna have all these doors opening up so i think that you're going to have the thing. one of those doors open right into ant-man 3 and i don't know if it could be could we see Fantastic Four in Ant-Man 3, do you think? I mean, the, the only way Kang gets held off in any way. Like, let's say Kang and Ant-Man are the only two heroes and villains. Kang, like that. Ant-Man's dead. Wasp is dead. Hank Pym's dead. Janet Van Dyne, dead. They're all dead. Like, they're, like Kang wouldn't... He's, so he's not a superhuman in a sense, but everything he would do is so calculated that he would kill them within seconds. Like, they would... They would he he would he would be eighty steps ahead of Hank Pym, who's like in the MCU right now, top five brain. 
like no doubt top five brain like but kang is bounds and leaves better than all these guys here's the thing ant-man 3 will go i think one of two ways either it'll be a trojan horse movie in a sense so let's say they're just using ant-man 3 as a way to introduce kang and it's basically an avengers movie kind of like captain america civil war so like it's called ant-man 3 but it's really the initial all of the avengers ganging up on kang because they're like holy shit who is this guy and then i think it one way they could end it is like we need to go back and we need to go forward and we need to find help so i think the one way they could do the fantastic four which we all didn't think of until now is let's go in the future and let's find reed richards like let's go find reed richards because he might not be in this timeline we got to go get him bring him back figure out how to beat kang in whatever timeline they can win so like again it's a following the thanos mark but like i think we were all thinking oh maybe the maybe they're in the 60s like with hank pym you know what i mean like we thought that in the beginning like the fantastic four will be back then i think they might be in the future this way like they, like they might try to go forward with the quantum realm it's confusing as shit if we're going to be completely honest if it is like that avengers type movie like captain america's awards the ant-man trilogy doesn't feel like the place to start you know what i mean like, it doesn't but and it doesn't even feel like the place to even introduce kang if i'm going to be honest i'm interested to see it though and marvel and kevin feige we trust but but hear me out the only other way i think you introduce i think there's two ways to introduce kang in the mcu an avengers movie but what does that mean now that you know steve's back in time tony's gone thor i mean thor is going to be thor love and thunder probably not an Avengers movie, like are the Guardians of the Galaxy considered Avengers? Like, I think the only way to introduce a time traveling villain is through a movie that specifically dealt with time travel and the quantum realm and Ant Man. So, I think you know, because the Avengers movies, the idea of the Avengers movie is totally in question right now. I mean, obviously, they're going to be one, but like what the makeup is is so so unclear that I guess the only way to introduce a time lord essentially, Kang is a time lord and he is. He, he he manages and not manages he, he i mean he just does shit with time that you know thanos couldn't even dream of like kang is so it's so hard to explain but kang is so far into the future that like he's so much smarter than every being that you could possibly put together like by a million he's a super genius and he melds time like he'll just roll through time and just absolutely he's not galactic he won't absorb the planet he'll just kill exactly who he needs to kill to make sure, ensure that his his timeline is good, and I think you know, that's he's an interesting villain because, like, wouldn't you go back in time to make sure that everything you, you know, they brought this up in Tenet. It's similar, like you know, every generation only looks out for themselves. Like Kang is essentially only looking out for his timeline. Like you know, he needs to make ensure that you know his his race's survival. I mean, it is a human race. Kang is technically human. He's just eight billion years older than us. Um, or younger than us, essentially, because he comes after. But, like, you know, he is making sure that his timeline stays correct. It's interesting. I, I don't know if A-Man 3 is the place, but it's obviously in Kevin Feige we trust because of his track record is 22-0 and 0, um, with villains and stuff. But it's weird. It's a weird thing to jump right back into, the element of time. But I feel like if you did, like, let's say Doctor Doom was the main villain. Like, I feel like, you know, it's the same thing. Doctor Doom... He's a scientist. He's crazy. He'll fuck up time too. Like it, it would be a very interesting. It's an interesting route to go, but I think Marvel's being so close to the chest. And Billy said, 
with Doctor Strange. I mean, the doors, the amount, not who, but how many and where, and where are they coming from and how are they getting there and who are they affecting and who are they leaving? Um, I don't think they even dabble with Kang in Doctor Strange. I think that would be a voice to Doctor Strange, but it's going to be crazy. If, the, if the, like, This is a reputable source that we have that reported this. If that means it's confirmed, that's a nuts villain. Like that's a, this is a nuts direction. Like, this is going to be great. Buckle up. Yeah. You know what I think would be fun is if at some point before the show, like a show, we come in and we each list like the actor that we want to play a certain character that is going to be coming to the MCU but has not been cast yet. And then we kind of compare our ideas. And like our theories on where it goes. Because I was thinking while Steve was discussing, it's really interesting is we weren't old enough and we didn't have people, no one had the foresight to know what Marvel would become is, but this is essentially we're getting to watch the next 20 movie storyline be created. And that's something that no one got at the start. Like imagine watching these castings back in 2007, 2008, trying to predict what's to come. You just thought they were individual movies back then. And now it's, uh, now you can try and predict where it's come. But that's going to do it for the superhero notes. Real quick before we wrap up though, final, I think big movie news from this week was, the trial of the Chicago Seven finally dropped um, last night during Sunday Night Football. That's not the only movie news. I just thought something else because uh, someone in the Chicago, the trial of the Chicago Seven, uh-huh. Borat yeah. Two. Oh, I did forget to discuss Borat Two. We'll end with that because that's such a banger. Okay, so trial of the Chicago Seven. Not much. Quick minute and a half trailer. Aaron Sorkin directed. Aaron Sorkin. Best writer, or up there, one of the best writers of all time. Um, Molly's Game. A Few Good Men. It was very solid. Um, yeah. yeah, but I'm talking about him directing. His, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His filmography okay. itself, he forayed. I think Molly's Game was his first, I believe, or second, and he, has, he only has a couple. But looks fantastic. Cast is loaded. Getting Oscar buzz. Coming on Netflix. I'm all in. Not much more to say other than that trailer. Again, a perfect amount of getting the adrenaline going, the hype up without really revealing too much about it. And I have really no backstory on the historical elements of it. So I'm kind I of- I have no backstory. And I'm really all in that it's on Netflix. I'm fired yeah. up. I'm going in kind of not really knowing. So I'm going to- I'm not going to research it until after. Hopefully later. Is that being on. released? Late September, early October. It's done. Yeah, it's- Let's see. It's completed. I, the the Netflix it said in select theaters in September so October maybe 16, later October sixteenth on Netflix yeah so it, it is doing a theatrical kind of like the Irishman it's doing smaller theaters. well I think that was planned because usually for it to be uh, considered for an Academy yeah Award, it needs a theatrical to, so they probably just kept it for now I mean they could easily take it off because this year uh, Netflix movies are allowed to be in consideration yeah no I'm excited. I'm not going to research anything until yeah. after I see it. I'm excited to see the cast come together and an Aaron Sorkin we trust. That's really all on that. Just go check that out. Yeah. It's currently on all platforms where you can find movie trailers. But yeah. as Billy mentioned, I guess yeah. Borat 2 confirmed to be filming. I don't know what much more to say other than... Oh, well, well, well. It's very nice. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> impressive that I always find in this day and age that you can still get away with doing it. Same with Impractical Jokers. Like I'm like, how does like no one know? It's crazy how much you can get away with. I did not hear of Borat before we watched it like a really? week or two ago. Yeah, I had no what? idea what it was. No oh, idea. It was hilarious, man. though. Come on, Billy. That's an X-rated movie. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> probably why I wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Parents kept that on the... No, I'm excited that... for it. And also in this modern day, 
that's a sequel that we just didn't deserve and we're just going to get. It's going to be great in this modern day because you know he's yeah. going to encounter all these idiots for doing whatever in 2020 and he's just going to make fun of them. Well, it was filmed early 2019 and they finished it a couple like a couple months ago. So but there's like, definitely going to be some 2020. Still, there, there's a lot of idiots doing stuff. Oh, of course there's. Well, yeah, I mean, you could do it in 2012. I mean, there's morons everywhere, but yeah. that's going to be... Yeah. I'm interested to see how it's perceived, though, because... I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially have you seen, our age demographic, like Billy, though. Like, 06 was a long time ago. Have like, you seen the where he goes undercover as a reporter, Sasha Baron Cohen? I and just, so. Recently, right? Yeah. I read an article he, about he does, it. So he, it does, he does it all. Like, he, he went undercover as a reporter with OJ. Like, he does, he gets some serious people. Those videos, I mean, some of the people he talked to, not OJ, but, like, some of the, he talks to hate groups, essentially, as, like, an agreeing member of a hate group. And it's just, I mean, the fact that he can get those people for that long with TV cameras, what's he going to do with a movie setup? Like, this movie is going to be, like, bladder-leaking hysterical. I think my thing with Sasha Baron Cohen, watching Borat, getting excited for Borat 2, his ability to maintain character despite some of the just absolutely hilarious moments, like, I, I, it's, it's so impressive to me how, it's so impressive. how he can maintain character. And it he's just an SNL cast member that just doesn't break. It's just he's awesome. actually good at acting. Yeah. No, but it bothers my mind also. Like I'm like watching even that the original one. I I'm like, how does this person think this is like real? Like 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 come like people people in America that movie just like there's a lot of idiots in this country. They'll yeah. just roll with anything. Mm-hmm. But, but you're not going to be thinking, oh, like someone's making a movie right now too. I don't know. Like this is crazy. It's same with Impractical Jokers. Like watching Impractical Jokers, I'm like. I walk into a coffee shop, I'm instantly recognizing Sal. Like, instantly I'd be like, oh, that, oh Sal's recording. And then, they, but. I'm sure if you watched the Sasha Baron Cohen show with those characters, you would know who he was. And then he would, he probably tried some of that stuff. And then if someone recognized him, he just wouldn't keep that footage. Yeah, I'm sure, but still, it's just. Like, I'm engaging, excited for it. Engaging launch. Yeah, I am too. So, I don't know when it's dropping either. Like, it all, it's, it's randomly just as like, yo, it's not only is it being filmed it's done i read that really? it could be very soon possibly is it like a netflix but they part? really just don't know it's just so hush hush like it's it such could, a baron cohen he'll drop it on a wednesday without telling anybody it, it could be like an el camino movie? thing where we found out like a month or two before when it was actually going to come out we didn't know it was going to come out that well soon. i just want to know i i hope it's not coming out in the theaters like that that just seems like a movie that would do, make a killing on, on netflix or I think it has, would I have think to it, be like I think a Netflix. It has to be a streaming. That's why I think it's going to be like Sasha Baron Cohen on Tuesdays and be like, get ready for this. And it might come out like an hour later on like Hulu or something. To be able to make a movie like that nowadays, it has to be on like a Netflix or an HBO Max, something like that. I, I don't think people are going to go pay to see a movie like that. Or two could work if there was no Corona in theaters. But yeah. It fits, it fits a mold very well on Netflix. So I'm excited for that. But... I think that's all the movie news. I think we covered it all this week. I mean, there's yeah, only so much. It'll probably be good for a while, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah not much else is coming out until yeah. um, definitely Nile. That's even is what it is. So. That's Kenneth Branagh again with the accents. Just stick to English. You're a Shakespeare staple. Oh, do we want to talk about for a hot second about uh, the Hubie Halloween trailer? No. No. Your, your boy 
Steve. No, we're good. We'll slowly wait for that. That generally could be one of I the worst games we got through a show. The words Halloween. That's Jack and Jill, if we ever saw it. But worse. No, we will not be discussing that. Steve, can you make a comedy movie with just a regular voice, please? For once, uh, just make Billy Madison 2, please. Uncut Gems didn't get nominated for an Oscar and make the worst movie of all time. This was definitely planned before that, though. Like bef- before the nomination. It, it, it is the worst movie in time. I would expect him to rush it together in a month, and so it can really. Achieve. It's just, it's just unfortunate, you know. You use so much breath to defend someone's well, you know, intentions, and then he gives you this, and you know, it it's hard. Shame. It's hard. I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he does this stuff because a he doesn't give a, uh, anything. He don't care about anything. He's the Sandman. I mean, he's a gazillionaire. He makes movie. Netflix just hands him money. He's like, oh, do something. He's like, okay, fine. Your Principal photography began in July of 2019. So this Awful. was well before he knew Awful. if he was getting nominated that's... for an Oscar or not. Ooh, that's not even, that makes it worse. It is a shame, though, because he's coming off probably the best acting performance of his career, and he's just going to do this. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, it's so bad. It's so bad. He's getting the gang back together. He can't enjoy doing it. Like, right? I was like, he can't enjoy making these types of movies. Oh, I think he does. I think he enjoys the paycheck and working with his friends. I'm sure he does. Yeah, he's just getting paid. Right, he's getting paid. dollars to hang out with his friends. Occasionally, they definitely only do like one or two takes per shot. Like, Grown Ups was like easy. They're like, that's easy. We're just going to hang out. Yeah, Grown Ups was good, though. That's what I'm saying. That, that, like, but there's no way, like, I don't know. Bad. It's bad. I can't defend them. The movie's going to suck. Are you going to watch it? Obviously. I got to make sure the guy gets paid, you know? That helps yeah. the guy out. It's bad. I'm really glad you brought that up, though, Billy, um, to end the show on that. I really thought we were going to get away with <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to get creative because the movie industry is at a standstill right now. Um, you know, we're not going to review that movie. I'll tell you that right now. You'd be Halloween. Golden Globe for Best Comedy? Maybe? <laughs> it'll, get a, it'll, get a, it'll get a red raspberry. It can be nominated for the Joe Bomb Awards. Yeah. It will definitely be up for uh, a Razzie. It'll That's get a Razzie. It'll a lot for, sure. for the Razzie. It's, yeah, it's Razzie beat. Sandler for That's Worst like, Actor. Like, it might sweep all the categories. Jeez, dude. All right, so that will do it for today's episode of The Wrong Theater. On the 610 podcast network but yeah we're gonna get creative look for twitter look for you know future announcements on instagram and twitter um we're glad that this this channel is getting and the uh and the network as a, as a whole on spotify is getting some some nice support um yeah i mean just keep an eye out for further notice so for billy bruno a and lacory this has been steven malik for the wrong theater we will see you guys next time